on 89.9 The Light. You're in conversation with Clayton, and I tell you what, what a treat to have these two unbelievably talented and very generous people uh, giving us their time tonight as well. Marina Pryor and David Hobson, two of the greatest singers that our country has. Welcome to both of you. Thank you. Nice to be here, Clayton. Thank you. It's lovely to have you both on. Now, Marina, I reckon the last time we spoke on the program might have even been a decade ago. So it's lovely to have you back. Uh, yeah. It's, it's wonderful. And I don't think we've had the chance yet, David. So thank you so much for, for coming and chatting to us. We, we're talking ahead of the, the, the next phase of uh, a very successful tour that you have both done, uh, the Two of Us Tour, where together you've been travelling the country and you've decided to bring it back again. Yes. We love it, and uh, we've done. I think we've done how many shows over the last uh, four or five well years? Well over one hundred and fifty. I mean, a bit. yeah, we've done a lot, and it's one of those things that we can uh, sort of we bring it out every now and again and revisit it. Uh, it's kind of a movable feast in a way, and we've got. I think it's we're up to sixty-five shows coming up around the whole country between July and. December this year. Yep. Is that right? Correct. Yeah, July and December. Yep, correct. Yep. That's excellent. So Sorry. we're doing every capital, every major, every every state, actually, we're doing. Nice. Yeah, we're doing every state and we do, we cover the capitals, but we also do the regional centres as well, which is one of the joys about doing this particular um, show that Marina and I can get out to people that generally, well, not generally, but some don't get into the cities, into the bigger theatres, and we can reach... Uh, an audience that generally don't uh, get to see these type of shows that often. And for Marina and I, that's an absolute joy and a pleasure and a privilege and an honour in a way. I do. And a lot of the regional places that we have visited often have gone through being ravaged by floods and fire uh, and and had hardships, you know, that uh, like regional areas have gone through. And so it's quite wonderful to bring a bit of, a bit of joy and music and bring what we do to people all over the place, which is just so valuable to us and and to them as well, I hope. Is there there different responses from people who have gone through something like that? Like, is there just this, um, I suppose, joy that's perhaps there more when they can have a moment to perhaps take their mind off it a bit at a show with you guys? Definitely, I think it's palpable. I know uh, recently, I'm trying to think, Hobo, was it Lismore or somewhere we'd been where there'd been really bad floods and a lot of devastation? And yes. uh, and uh, people were just incredibly grateful to know that they could go out again and, you know, do something within the community and just forget about stuff and be transported by music and laughter, which is, you know, basically our job and what we do. And um, there's definitely a great, a palpable sense of appreciation, which is just lovely. And we just we get very emotional going to different places. We always find out what's been going on in the town or the region, or you know. And it's, uh, yeah, make it's, sure we realise and and maintain a strong connection in that respect with the audience. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think it was Northern New South Wales. Yeah, Northern it was. They've been really flooded awfully up in uh, around Byron Bay and Grafton. Yep. Remember all that? Yeah. 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 And we weren't we weren't sure whether we would get an audience because on so many levels the fact that they were so devastated, I mean economically because of COVID and then the floods, I mean they just got hit from every angle. Mm. And um yes, yeah, so, but but it was very 
uplifting and life affirming for us mm. as well. That's wonderful. So, That's great. Yeah. Great to hear and the impact that you can have through uh, you know the the joy that you both have of, of music as well. Now, Marina, uh, you know we we see you both at least once a year. The majority of us on, <laughs> up on uh, during carols by candlelight, and probably the rest of us we think, well, that's where they met. And I'm sure you knew each other beforehand and all these things. So, how did you actually decide to team up when you're both doing so successful in your, your solo? Uh, as aspects of what it means to be a singer and whether you're in musical theatre or whatever else it is. How did you actually get to that idea of let's team up and do this together? Um, well, Hobbo and I did, we met on uh, what was the first professional show for both of us. Um, so we both met way, way back in, what was it, Hobbo? 1878. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, it was um, it was in the original, not the original, but as in not from last century, uh, two centuries ago. But the, it was Pirates of Penzance, the Broadway version that came out in 1984, and it was starring uh, John English, Simon Gallagher, June Bronhill, uh, David Atkins, and it was a massive hit. And that was it, that was the first show for me, uh, and that was the first show for Hollow. We met then, and then I've always, we've always known each other. Yep. kind of for all these decades and admired one another's work, often been on the same bill together or something. But um, we actually got put together uh, to do a big concert that happened in Margaret River at Lewin Estate, which was a big orchestral concert that people come from, thousands of people come from all over to go to this event. And we were both asked to do it. So we started rehearsing a show and um, realised that we really had a great simpatico and a, very, a wonderful sort of similarity in our outlook towards music and performing and arts and all sorts of things. And it just worked. And we kind of already had this show that existed. And then we sort of got asked by a promoter if we could do it in other places. And we've just been doing it ever since. Is that, yeah. is that a good... Pretty much. That's a great explanation. And that's exactly how it happened. And I mean, as Marina said, we have... Um, you know, various concerts and what have you since that original part of Benzans. But Marina basically went into musical theatre and I went into opera. That's mm. how we had diversion careers in that respect. But our kind of, as she said, our simpatico and our, well, I guess it's a, it's, we have a similar outlook, not just on music, but on life. Mm. Yeah. And when you're touring around and living out of each other's pockets for a lot of the time of the year, that is mm. ultra important. So, I yeah. Think. I think, yeah, the friendship, the, the genuine friendship uh, and respect that we have for each other as colleagues, I think that really feeds into the whole atmosphere of the show, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So it, it, we're very blessed in that respect. And uh, I think the audience feeds off that as well. And they're quite surprised at how much fun we have as well because they just see us in our formal settings where, the, you know, Marina's behind a character on stage or... Me, you know, with an orchestra in front of me and and wearing some ridiculous costume from another century. <laughs> so, in this show, we get to be strip away the mask and be ourselves. Be ourselves on stage, which is such a great gift for us. And yeah. I think having that kind of up close and personal connection with an audience is, yeah, it's it's that's it's what a, makes it. Yeah, that's what makes the show, and it's a little bit of a gift. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's like fun. the audience just sitting in our lounge room, really. It's that sort of casual feel, yeah. except for when we go to sing and then we're very serious. <laughs> very serious about it, yeah. Unless Love it's a comedy it. song and then we're not. <laughs> Love that. Love that. You mentioned, you both actually mentioned the, um, the you know, similar outlook on life mm. and music. David, what actually is that? What what did, what did you put that down to that, that is the similarity? What, what is that? Well, outlook? it may well be... Well, it could be a generational thing, but I think it's even more than that. It's deeper than that. I think the fact that we are not precious about musical stuff, like I have a very, without you know being religious in it, the, the real connotation of the word, a Catholic taste. I wonder why Catholic taste does mean a broad church. It does. You know what I mean, though? Yes. We, we have very Catholic taste in the sense that whatever music is good music for us, it doesn't matter whether it be music, theatre, opera, pop music, folk music, rock music. We have a very, very wide appreciation of a lot of music. So we tend to um, embrace all forms. So that's one, that's one element of mm. our similarity. And the fact that, you know, I mean, Marina started singing folk music before she ended up in, well, she was learning his music at university as well, but she was more a poppy, folky singer before she was more formalised doing a music theatre and operetta and I was a rock and pop singer. So we had that kind of um, path with us. And in our show, we actually do go and explore that side of our, our love. We do, we have love Celtic music, folk music. Yeah. But that, that aspect, we have a very similar kind of approach to performing in terms of, you know, trying to get to the truth of the matter. And I think in terms of what we you know, our moral compasses and um, just the way we think about life is very similar. And, yeah, I think that's, and, and the sense of humour, above that, yes. probably above that. Yeah, sense, sense of humour. But I also think, I think, Clayton, that um, often Hobbo uh, and I will talk about, we'll come off stage and we'll talk about there is a, there is an, uh, like a spiritual aspect to what we do because I think, yeah. I'm speaking for both of us here, Hobbo, but I feel like we both feel like we were born to do what we do and we were gifted with what we have been gifted to do and there is something almost there is something sacred about when you really inhabit that and then celebrate it and offer it um when you're performing that it's actually quite a transcendent thing for us sometimes isn't it absolutely yeah and i think that that yeah that's a very sacred kind of thing what we do although we're not singing in church as such but you know for us our church is our stage. That's where we offer up what we've got. And we, we are incredibly thankful to be doing it and blessed by doing it, I would say. Do you think that's fair? I think that's absolutely fair. And I think also, you know, we see it as a, uh, well, it's it's it, it, it's kind of a an, an honour to do it. And so you get out of the way. It's not like a negatistical thing. Um, you know, as you said, you're kind of gifted to do this. So the more you get out of your way when you're performing, particularly singing certain um, songs, mm. the better it is. And you just see that you are a conduit for this music as opposed to it's, you know, yeah. you do yeah, put you, your stand It's worshipful, yeah. Yeah, but you are kind of thankful to be able to do it. And yeah. I think the more you get out of the way, the better the experience for everyone involved. Because ultimately it's not just about you, it's about, you know, your colleague on stage and the audience and... It's that relationship because I know that as a as a person as an audience member that I can have just as deeper and meaningful experience by listening to something that's done with great 
passion and sincerity as I am doing it myself. Mm-hmm. So we understand the role of the singer in that respect. It's like you're a cantor, you know, in the Jewish tradition or, yeah, I, I, would you, I, without being too no, no, kind no, of yeah, it's lovely. It, grand, it's, but I, I, I truly believe that. Yeah. It's wonderful to hear. It's wonderful to hear when people are living in their spaces of discovering what they were sort of built for, you know. Uh, there's something yeah. so special. And I think, as you mentioned too, David, you know, certainly from us, from a radio perspective, we, we know that when the songs impact people's lives, that they, they take them places, yeah. uh, not just the performing yeah. of, but the, the, the living in as well, which is wonderful. I'm having a chat with... You do have to remember that yes. it's usually the song or the combination of the song and the singer, but... I mean, mm. there's a certain song that I get requested to sing all the time, and I know it's a song. It's not just me. Yeah, the holy. It's, it's actually the music we do. Yeah. Um, and I think you you have to really be respectful of that. Yeah, it's wonderful. I'm having a chat with David Hobson and Marina Pry. They're uh, touring uh, throughout the rest of Australia, and especially through Victoria around uh, in July. Uh, the two of us is uh, what they are doing, and they're certainly bringing the two of them uh, tonight as well. We're going to be back having a chat with them a bit more next. I want to dig even further back into music, discover where it really started for them. Was it always part of life, or was it something they learnt as they grew up? Um, and also, I want to definitely find out where some of the coolest venues or the, the most surreal moments that they've, the people have sung in front of, that sort of thing. That'll be on the way next here on 89.9 The Light. You're in conversation with Clayton and we're midway through a discussion with Marina Pryor and David Hobson, two of Australia's greatest singers. We're going to hear next uh, a song that they have performed together. It's from one of the greatest musicals of all time, Phantom of the Opera. So we'll be hearing a bit of that before we continue chatting with them in a couple of moments. Actually, I read during the week that Phantom just finished in Broadway, and so technically it has become the longest-running Broadway show of all time. There you go. Back with Marina Pryor and David Hobson next here on 89.9 The Light. Spirit start to 
Hobson. They are touring around the country uh, in the second half of this year. The two of us, and they're going all around various places in uh, Victoria. I know things like Dandenong and Wonthaggy, all, all sorts of venues going around, and it's wonderful to hear uh, the two of you there. Sale, that's it, all, all, all the places too. That song there. Ararat, yeah. <laughs> the works. You've got a list in front yeah, of you. He's got a list. I worked that out too. <laughs> You're cheating. Um, let's talk about something like the music of the night. Um, you know, such a classic song and, and, and has so much passion that comes with it. As you, you practice and, and do that, is it is it something that you have to keep touching base with each other or the fact that you've nailed it once and then you're performing it every other night? Um, you don't ever really need to work on it again. It just clicks as you go through. Well, look, when we're, when we're doing the, the, our touring, we are, we'll be doing it five nights in a row. 
So we don't have to rehearse it as such, you know, because we already have rehearsed it. We, everything we've done, we rehearse before we get on the road. But then uh, we kind of discovered with all the songs that we sing, you know, in, uh, on repeat, but then we often introduce new songs into the mix as well, which is really fun and keeps it fresh. But um, I think we, we kind of discover something new in it every night, really. I mean, you know, we have a different connection on various different songs uh, every night. And I think that's what sort of live performance is kept fresh with. It's that sort of you're alive in the moment to any possibility or, you know, things going wrong or things going right or just there being a different slightly different phrasing and you listen to each other and you tune that's, in. That's about the same, Maria. That's exactly it. So I think the thing, and hopefully, you know, you keep working towards this as a performer, mm. but one of the most important things is to be uh, available to whoever you're working with, your colleague, mm. or your, 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 the person you're working with, because mm. that's what keeps it fresh and alive. So Marina might do something slightly different one night and I have to respond to that and vice versa. I mean, you mm. don't have to respond to that, but I think that's, that's what... the joy, isn't it? That's joy your presence and, within it, yeah. Exactly. Because I think that... Otherwise, why are people going out? Because they want to hear this music. It's like a living museum. So you can put a recording on, and yes, that's fine, and you, you have that indelibly um, documented for, you, for yourself as a, as a listener. But when you go out live, that's why these pieces were written, to give that visceral sense of presentness and passion in mm. the moment yeah. and that's what the audience is I mean that's why we have to be so present to allow that specialness to happen right. I don't know whether I said that correctly no, or not. no, no you said that very well yeah, yeah it's wonderful <laughs> um, yeah. I, I want to dig back even further in the, the the music side of things David for you was it always a family thing like was music surrounding you as you grow grew up or were you sort of one out in your family no, 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 it's very much a family thing for me. I have four sisters and an extended family that are all pretty musical, particularly on my father's side, although also on my mother's side as well. So all of my sisters uh, played two instruments and sang, and my dad was a singer, and I have an extended family of, of singers, particularly because I have a Welsh side. My father's Welsh connection. So... Everyone is, who is Welsh believes they can sing, <laughs> and they do. So singing and music was always a part of our life, particularly, I mean, at any time during a weeknight, I know my sisters and I would get in, start harmonising and playing the piano and singing songs. And on Sundays, well, church choirs and school choirs, but Sunday the family would definitely all get together and sing a lot. And... Um, you kind of grew up thinking that that was relatively normal. Uh, and I think these days it doesn't happen as much because people are more isolated with the way they listen to music. Whereas back then a piano was almost like the focus of a house mm. or of a lot of houses uh, in our kind of, um, in our tribe. Yeah. So these days less so. I mean, it could be a guitar or a piano back then. So yes, I, I grew up in a very musical household and, yeah. And, when music was very much and listening and playing. Was there a moment where you went, uh, this is what I want to do for my life, my career? Like, did, did you have a moment like that or did it sort of just happen for you? I think for me, it was just something that I intrinsically did. It wasn't, I didn't think about it. I just played music 
and music was a part of my life. And in a way, I was a, I was a bit of an athletic jock as well, still am. So I love sport and love being fit and playing games. But there was a time there where I thought I was going to go off and study law. And well, I did. I went to University of Commerce and uh, at Melbourne Uni. But music was just too strong a force in the end. But it wasn't. It wasn't a choice as such. It just kind of happened. And I think with a lot of musicians, well, a lot of people who have true vocations, whether it be, you know, someone feels inclined to be a social worker or a lawyer or a doctor or a musician, I think there's something within inside you that just says, well, I can't do anything else but you to hardly mm. think about it. Yeah. And I think Marina would probably be exactly, well, I know yeah. she's yeah. exactly the same. <laughs> what, yeah. what, what about for Performing you, Marina? At was there that sort of aha moment for you that you went, oh, this is what it is, or was it a bit similar? It was always sort of just part of life. I, I always, no, I always knew. I knew I was, it, it, I think a singer is what you are, not just what you do. And I just always was. I sang yeah. as soon as I could speak. Uh, like David, I had a very musical family. They were of Irish and Scottish descent. And I grew up with a lot of um, Celtic music with my parents were both amateur singers. Uh, uh, as was my grandmother was like the leader of the Presbyterian choir in Ballarat. Did you know that, Papa? Hey, what? Yeah, she's from Bunningyong. But anyway, hang on. No, yeah. no, no, no. What was her, what was her name? Lily Pryor. Oh, Lily Pryor. So yeah. I never met her. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, sorry. Yes. <laughs> so anyway. Oh, I can edit this out probably, but we're not. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, yes, a very musical family. I got a guitar at a very young age and started accompanying myself and singing. Um, and it was almost, I just didn't, you know, when everyone had, they, were, they had used to have careers nights at my school. And I never went because I always knew that after school I was going to, I was going to go to uni and study music, which I did. Um, and then, you know, I just knew that somehow or other I was going to end up doing what I was doing. The lovely surprise is I didn't know I would be continuing to be so lucky as to be doing it for all these years and still loving it, probably loving it more now and appreciating it more as I've become, I've got older. Next year is 40 years since both Bobo and I have been doing this wow. professionally. Oh, and um, and uh, it's just, uh, yeah, it is. I, I never, I never questioned it. I just knew in some form or another I was going to do music and sing because it just was. It was just always within me. Like yeah. as soon as I, as soon as I remember anything, I remember singing. Yeah, yeah. Hey, can I just sorry, Clayton, I'm jumping in. So you're, did you say your aunt? No, my grandmother, my father's mother, Lily, was at. The, I'll, I'll find the name, but she was the like the choir mistress. This is a long time. This is my father's mother. Yeah. Here in church in Ballarat or in Bunningyong? Correct. No, in Ballarat. She was born in Bunningyong and it was in Ballarat. Because my family, in fact, they're all Clayton, my family, particularly the Welsh side, they were the Congregational Church, as it was known back then, the Congos. And all of my aunts were in the choir and my. Um, Uncle Stan, he was the choir master, and Uncle Lloyd was the was the organist. But Uncle Stan, who had his beautiful bass voice, he would nip out to the pub in between when the sermon when the sermon was on, and my aunts were absolutely apoplectic. It was, and that was my grandmother. <laughs> and Uncle Stan, <laughs> he would, and then be back just in time for the you know for the next hymn. 
And that, that, fi- that final hymn had a, an extra bit of gusto with it. Oh, it sure well. did. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was very refreshed. I must play you his voice, Marie. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to play his voice. There you go. I love Sorry, Clayton, your voice. No, no, we're, disco- we're, we're discovering voice. history as we go. It's, you know, yeah, I, I can see yeah. this being added to uh, your performances as you keep going. Yeah, yeah, this would be part of our chat on exactly, stage. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I did want to ask you, as we followed sort of up a bit around that, you know, the, you're talking about it's been such longevity, but also it's a part of who you are, as you're sort of saying, Marina. Do you, do you see that you go, right, this is just what I'm always going to do. Um, I'm very not not very musically minded or focused in, in that sense and, and uh, can't do that. Is there a, a limit where you go, well, that's actually it? Or is this, you know, they're, they're going to be wheeling me out in the box and I'll still be singing a few notes as we go? I really hope, I hope that I'm still, I'd love to be still not just singing but acting on stage, you know, into my 80s. I'd be thrilled. I yeah. think it keeps you... Young and recently, I I uh, I'm a great friend and a and uh, a great admirer of Nancy Hayes, who is a legendary uh, music theatre performer, singer, dancer, actress, and um, she is eighty. And in fact, I've taken one of the roles that I'm playing in Mary Poppins. I've taken over from mm. her uh, because she couldn't come down to Melbourne, um, so I've taken over that role from her. But uh, she was performing the role that I'm performing uh, at 80 years of age, eight shows a week, with this a whole cast of young people, and she was deeply loved, admired, and you know part of the company. And uh, she is, I look, I look up to her very much. She's gone from, you know, being a dancer, then becoming a singer, then becoming an actress, and just she's constantly evolved throughout her career. Yeah. And it's such an admirable quality, and I, I, I would like to follow in her. That's beautiful. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm, I'm the same. I, I want to be still doing whatever I'm doing, whether it be singing, performing, writing, acting, still involved with the arts, which is, I don't know, it, it's, we're very, we're very, very fortunate and very kind of blessed to be able to do it because yeah, you're constantly exploring the human condition and hopefully making a contribution in some way to... Yeah. To people's yeah, lives, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. love that, love it. Um, now I did say I, I wanted to ask about you know surreal moments or I, I believe David, I think you've performed for the Queen. I'm not sure if you have as well, Marita, in the past. It wouldn't surprise me oh, either. She's is performed that, for many queens. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's exactly <laughs> true. Uh, yeah. Is there is there one surreal moment where you still go, well, okay, I can't believe that I actually had the opportunity to do that or be there, something along those lines. Um, you know what? I like, I had so many moments like that, and they may not be, uh, uh, you know, I've yes, I've performed it uh, as has David, but uh, you know, things like Chogham. I don't even know if they still have Chogham. You know, where we yes, had the Prime Minister yeah, and the yeah, Queen and yeah. who, all that sort of thing. Yes, uh, but uh, it's not. Sometimes it's not so much those moments as for me. It can be. You know, I can be on stage doing eight shows a week and one night I'm just performing and I, I get overwhelmed with, I can't believe Robbie and the Wings are about to go on. And I think, I cannot believe I get to do this. This is what my life is. It's so rich. It's so amazing. I'm surrounded by like-minded people. And I give, I, I 
hopefully when it's you know when it all's going well you put a smile and absolute rapture into the people that are, are watching and experiencing the show but it can even be I've had moments one of the most incredible moments for me was uh, about gosh now it's probably about six years ago I was singing in a nursing home uh, at Christmas time just going there and singing some Christmas carols you know in the community area and then the someone came to me and said my mother is in a room she's too unwell to come out to the community area and hear a Christmas carol uh, and hear the song so would you come in and I went in and the lady was in palliative care so she was very elderly and in fact died that evening and I had the privilege of sitting on the edge of her bed and I sang Silent Night mm. Sleep. Oh, it makes me t- I find it hard to even yeah. say it because I, I, I break up when I remember it and I sang Sleep in Heavenly Peace and um, and she did and for me that is as important and precious and, and, and one of the greatest honours of my life to sing somebody out into the next realm uh, it, you know it's as special as standing on the opera house stage on an opening night you know and I th- I know that for those for Hobbo they are he has those sort of similar moments that's beautiful uh, what about I, look, I, I, I have to agree with everything that Marina has said then I mean yeah we've been fortunate to do all the world stage stuff but uh the personal stuff, isn't it? The personal stuff probably yeah. is the most. Uh, what can I say? It's the, it has the most profound effect, I think. And I've had to. Been. I used to be the wedding singer, and I've become the funeral singer. Quite many. You many are many doing many. a lot of funerals. <laughs> but I must say that I am always very touched by um, people who sometimes I've been there, and sometimes I haven't. But I get many, many letters from people who say that, you know, my grandmother, my grandfather loved it all, and we were playing your music when they were passing or when they were sick or when they were, or they went when they wanted to feel better, blah, 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 blah. And for me, that's probably, and not just because Marina said it, but that's probably the most important function I think I've killed. Yeah. As, as my community. Uh, I just see it as, as, as one of my roles yeah. in yeah. life. And, and you know, I think... Feel too... as though, feel as though um, oh, you're slightly embarrassed about it to begin with, and you think, oh, no, no, look, people truly feel that, and I'm giving them music that they need to hear. And yeah, I, great you know, there are there is music that I need to hear as well. It's just that it doesn't have to be my own. And yeah. But there have been people, and Lorena's the same, uh, her voice or the music she sings or and for me the same thing the music I've sung or um, that has been able to touch people and that that's probably the most fulfilling thing and I I've think had. when we do we do these concerts that we're doing on our um, upcoming tour and we've done them previously um, we always go out into the foyer um, and sell sell CDs it sounds very mercenary but we have our products on sale but we sit there and we talk to everyone and we sign the CDs and chat to our audience and they come up and speak to us. And very often we have people that are extremely emotional because a certain thing that we sang was very special 
to them, you know, uh, or that they shared with someone who's passed away, things like that. And it often, I mean, it really, often we get quite emotional ourselves listening to the stories that people bring to you about how your music has touched them. And that's, you know, that's a great act of service and it's a great, it's just a great uh, privilege to be able to see that for someone. Love that. I, I, I love it. Thank you for sharing that too. You know, that uh, so often we, we are talking about those moments and we have people on that talk about the tour or whatever else it might be, the incredible things. But it is those personal things. In the end, we are sort of built to relate to people and the impact we can have on people is what, what is really, in the end, so fulfilling in, in each of our lives. It's wonderful to hear that from both of you. Uh, we want to wish you both all the best with this upcoming tour, the two of us as you do tour around uh, Victoria as well. And we thank you both so much for your time this evening. Pleasure. Pleasure. Lovely chatting. David Hobson, Marina Pryor, the two of us is the tour that they'll be uh, taking around and uh, sharing a bit of those stories and those, that music with so many people here on 89.9 The Light.